Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. You're here today with Kara Williard, and you can check out all the other stuff we are doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Well, for today's edition of Shop Talk, we are back with Gear West, which is our Blister recommended shop in Long Lake, Minnesota. Gear West is a pretty unique and impressive shop with a campus layout that is powered by solar panels, a really impressive alpine ski department full of MasterFit certified boot fitters, and they run a pretty robust operation year-round from Nordic skiing to park skiing and in the summer offering bikes, trail running, and more. This week, I got to chat with Jeff Perry, who is the hard goods manager, and Isabel Berg, who is the floor manager and soft good buyer for Gear West. We dive in into how their season has been going, how Gear West builds year-round community and encourages the next generation in the sport, and we also talk about park skiing, ski racing, and the recent advent of uphill access at their local mountain, Buck Hill. Plus, we follow up on some gear trends and more. Jeff has been on Gear 30 a couple of times before, so if you want to hear more about Gear West or Jeff's take on gear trends, check out episode 136 and episode 190 of Gear 30. But before we get started, I want to encourage everyone to check out our Blister Plus Spot membership. First of all, you're going to get all the benefits that you get just by becoming a Blister member, which includes tons of discounts on awesome ski and bike gear, access to our exclusive flash reviews and deep dives, our personalized gear recommendations, which means you can ask us anything gear related anytime, and you'll get access to our bi-monthly member-only happy hour live stream sessions, which are super fun. But then there's also the spot insurance coverage. I know I have had more than one close call this season, and we have heard from all of you about countless other stories of crashes and close calls. Blister Plus Spot ensures that you're covered with a $0 deductible and $25,000 per injury insurance for a whole year of injuries related to a very long list of outdoor sports. With all the sports we enjoy and the risk we take on every day, we just want to ensure that you are not wrecked financially if an accident occurs. Check it out on our website and sign up today or just write in with any questions you might have and we'll get those answered. And with that, let's get right into my conversation with Jeff and Isabel at Gear West. All right. Well, I am here today with Isabel and Jeff from Gear West, which is our shop in Long Lake. And I think before we break into some of what's going on at Gear West this season, I would just love to hear an introduction from Isabel. It's her first time on the podcast. So um, how's it going, Isabel? It's good. Good. Um, I'm fairly new to Gear West. I think this is my third season there. Um, I'm also fairly young, so I'm 24. Um, It's exciting to have an opportunity to be so involved, and we've got a background in ski racing, so I've been kind of surrounded by skiing my whole life. Awesome. I was also at a shop when I was 24, so I can very much relate to that. Um, What's your current role at Gear West? Um, I'm currently a manager and I just recently took on the soft good buying. So you're mostly managing like apparel side, but you are a skier with a racing background. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm definitely involved in the hard goods as well. Uh, Jeff heads that up. Um, But yeah, I purchased the clothing. We needed a hole there and I love, I mean, I love to shop. So it's kind of a natural fit, it feels. 
Awesome. Well, great to hear from you and great to have you here today. And Jeff Perry, I think this is your third appearance on Gear 30. So welcome back. It's great to have you. Um, for those who haven't maybe heard from you in the past on previous episodes, maybe just give a brief background and describe your role at Gear West. Um, I've been with Gear West now for six seasons, um, six winter seasons, uh, and kind of came in to help with the website and ended up just managing the whole store because of my experience managing shops out west. Um, and my main background is snowboarding, but I've kind of learned the whole skiing side of things, especially from a buying standpoint. It's not that crazy different, but uh, just learning some of the skiing specifications, especially when we get towards carving and race skis, gets a little weird. But yeah, um, I guess I am considered the store manager at the store too. Awesome. Um, so maybe just give a lay of the land. I know Gear West has, I guess, more than one storefront. You guys are a pretty prominent shop in the area. Um, so maybe for those who just haven't heard of you guys before, just kind of describe like what the layout is and sort of what, um, aside from winter sports, what else you guys do throughout the year? Um, it's a campus set up with a big main building that houses our bike shop and our cross-country ski and run shop. And then kind of across, across the courtyard is our Alpine building. And that's where we have the snowboarding and downhill skiing stuff. As well as in the summer, we do a little bit of Frisbee golf there. And <laughs> yeah, and uh, some skateboard stuff too. That's Just to awesome. play around. Yep. Yeah, and it's really unique that you guys use the word campus. I think uh, on one of the previous episodes, we did describe why. But maybe, Jeff, if you could just kind of encapsulate what a campus sort of approach to running a retail store is. Well, having the two separate buildings and kind of the bigger plot of land there makes it so you it is more like a campus, like you're walking from class to class or building to building. Um, I generally skateboard around our campus in the summer when it's not all snowy. So that adds to it too. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds pretty fun. And uh, I know Jonathan mentioned that someday we want to go out there and check it out. And we certainly still do. It sounds pretty cool. Um, so how has the season been out there? I mean, I know uh, snow has been kind of hit or miss across the country. And how's the season been for you guys? Yeah, it's been good. Um, we have had an insane snow year, I think. We just heard reports from Minneapolis. It's like our fifth snowiest winter, if I'm not mistaken, like ever. Um, so we are definitely heavy, uh, which is great for the cross-country skiers, alpine skiers. It's man-made either way, really. So um, could go either way there. But it's been great. Yeah, super cold, too. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like you guys get some harsh winters. I know. I mean, I'm in Gunnison, Colorado, which is one of the coldest towns in uh, the country. But I think the winter up where you are sounds even harsher and maybe just a little bit more of like a humid cold, which I'm not sure how I'd actually fare if I had to deal with that every day. It makes you hurt a lot. <laughs> I'm sitting on a heating pad because of my hip right now. So. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> So let's just break in, I guess, to a bit of like the customers and the demographics you're seeing. Um, I know maybe a lot of your clientele is probably traveling west to ski a lot, but what does it look for like for you guys as far as getting out to ski and what type of skiing is most kind of prevalent where you are and how often are you guys getting out on the hill? I think the most common thing we see around here is we have a ton of racers um, but a ton, again, like a ton of people who 
ski occasionally around here and are just buying their skis for their trips out west or their house out west. Personally, I get to ski around here probably once or twice a week through the winter season, which is pretty often, I think, in the general ski community. Like it's fairly accessible for us, which is great. I don't go as much. <laughs> not getting out as much. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not at all. But I mean, it's still fun. I just, after living in Utah for so long, it's hard to go. Like, if I can get out for a couple hours, like, I'm probably going like three to four times a month. So almost once a week, but not as much as everybody else. That's part of, uh, I guess, rising up to the big ranks of manager, huh? <laughs> Well, I think kind of going back to that campus idea, I know Gear West has done a lot to sort of build community around your ski shop and just the shop in general throughout the year. And so let's just maybe dive into that. How has Gear West tried to really foster community and find ways to store, sort of stay involved in the community, whether it's in the ski season or more broadly throughout the year? Um, well, we run a few events like on the campus, like as far as like, uh, mini like 3k races um we did uh ran a what was it a a big tri race last summer too um and then also did like a fat bike ride out of, around the lake right below us too so we're we kind of do stuff people come into our campus um we're kind of on the outskirts of things so sometimes people in the summer will come and park there and go biking also like on the cross country side of things very involved in the Berkey organization our owner Jan is so Berkey Foundation is um, the Birkenbeiner, which is the biggest cross-country ski race in North America. Um, and our owner, Jan, has been involved with it for her whole 30 years, at least, if not more, as well as we tend to do a lot of stuff, Lopit Foundation, and kind of designed as the cross-country ski organization locally in Minnesota or Minneapolis um, that works with inner city kids, anything like that, um, on both the kind of the biking and running in the summer, as well as the uh, Nordic skiing in the winter. Well, that's pretty cool to hear. And I mean, it's really awesome to always think about how we can be growing our ski community and, you know, growing the next generation of skiers and snowboarders. Um, so, I mean, it'd be interesting to hear a bit more. I know, Jeff, you mentioned that you were a coach. And so how are you and some of the staff working to kind of help get kids out on the hill and teach them the skills of skiing and snowboarding? Um, I would say... We do, you know, sponsor a few riders, like, from the racing side of things, as well as, like, uh, freestyle skiing and snowboarding stuff, too. Uh, so, that is something. Um, also, there's a organization called the Tonkawood Organization, and they do ski lessons uh, in the wintertime. And they are the only ones that will work with three-year-olds in Minnesota. So, uh, there's these two – it's two uh, older ladies that – run it and they've run it for 40 years. So it's kind of a unique thing. It's a really hands-on family-friendly thing. I go ahead and help uh, really almost all our customers in kind of in our area that live near our store have gone grown up through that organization. So it's nice to be a part of that too. Coaching side of things, it's more of every so often I'll have kids. Like we have a kid that works with us, Antonio, that is really good. And so I kind of coach him some if he does competitions and whatnot. Well, it's really interesting to hear, I mean, sort of how you're involved in sort of a different way when it comes to having this campus and this place where people can come, where events can be hosted out of, um, you know, and then also just having the involvement with the youth and trying to get more people 
in the sport from a younger age. I think that's awesome, especially three-year-olds. I know that's no easy feat, but really cool that you can get them out on the hill at the age of three. Um, Before we started this conversation, I know you guys mentioned that you just celebrated 30 years as a retail front. And I just think that's really incredible. Um, There's a lot of, I think, amazing shops out there that are sort of right around that 30-year mark. And I think it's no easy feat. So I'm just a little bit interested to hear maybe how Gear West has evolved over those 30 years. I know neither of you have been there through the whole duration, but um, just kind of give us an idea of some of those landmarks and how it's sort of changed and where you're at today. Yeah. Um, Gear West started with super small roots. Um, I think Jan started it like out of her garage or something along that line where they're just buying up like small amounts of cross-country skis and selling them to their small customer base. And that wasn't located in Long Lake, but somewhere along the line, they acquired um, the rather large retail space that they have now. And the Alpine store was started or brought under kind of the umbrella about seven years ago. Um, So we're fairly new and definitely still growing. Um, But it was a really fun celebration this past summer. We did a barbecue and kind of a like come hang out, celebrate all the the gearheads kind of that you love. Nice. That's awesome. And do you think, I mean, I know there's a huge Nordic presence in the area. Um, Do you think some of sort of like offering the Alpine department or offering these new sort of sports that have become more popular throughout the years, maybe fat biking and other things like that. Do you think Gear West is sort of responding to demand or is it sometimes like we're going to start providing um, gear for this particular activity and then that's able to kind of grow the sport in the community? I think we totally like listen to what our customers and community is asking for. Um, Most recently, I think it's been like the increase in gravel bikes that we've seen and kind of that like crossover point between cross-country skiing and alpine skiing with like touring gear. Um, And I know like some of our coworkers who are mostly cross-country skiers will kind of dabble in, in a little bit of uphill with us and kind of bridging that gap too has been more recent. Nice. Jeff, do you have anything to add? Um. I don't think I do like the fat biking thing. That was definitely a demand, I would say. Um, but I think most of, most everybody's embraced it around the store and actually end up selling a fair amount of fat bikes year round now. And we might talk a bit about gear trends in just a minute here. But um, before we do, I think we'll just kind of zoom out a little bit and look at the sort of year round offerings that you guys have at Gear West because I think it's kind of rare that a ski shop or a shop that started sort of on the Nordic side and then maybe into the Alpine side can really stay relevant year round. And it seems like you guys have done an exceptional job of that. And so maybe just give us an idea of what you guys are offering year round and maybe how you have worked to really stay relevant and stay busy throughout the year. Um, Some of it is just getting like product, like product that product or brands that people ask for. I feel like that was kind of initially what I did when I started. And then Isabel really helped too with that was um, going away from some of the more mainstream brands and going to smaller independent brands um, with different thought processes that aren't, that are just as good as anything else. Um, So that's been one for sure. 
I think it helps too that a lot of our staff actually cross over across buildings. So kind of um, like not necessarily having that like super expertise in all of the departments, but having something where we're all connected on a level too, and we can all speak to those different departments. Um, Cause most of our Alpine staff will kind of work with the bike store in the summer, um, whether it's in the service department or on the sales floor or just general customer service stuff. And the cross-country ski store switches to like trail running and track stuff as well. So kind of having that spring transition as the world goes through their seasonal transitions as well. Yeah, that's nice. And yeah, to have a staff that is cross-trained and then also to be able to keep a staff on year-round, I think is pretty unique in some of the, these, re, you know, winter retail stores. Oftentimes they're having to rehire every year, but because you guys kind of have robust offerings throughout the year, it's really nice that you're able to keep on some of the staff and then have staff that are trained in more than one department. Yeah. And we have, we hire a lot of high school kids too. So those kids, some of them get to transition back and forth. And it's funny to see them want to get more involved in the different sports and whatnot, uh, whether it's through the high school mountain bike league or um, through snowboarding and or skiing. And like we have so many, all our staff pretty much is at Highland every day. They're not working, just going through the park stuff, I would say. Nice. Um, and so, I mean, we've mentioned now that you have a really pretty large bike storefront. Um, you said you do trail running and a couple other things. Um, I also know that I think Mark had mentioned that he is building custom insoles sometimes for like bike shoes and stuff like that. So how do you sort of transition these like specialty services that you offer in the winter into other realms as well? Um, so sort of what are the services you're offering to your summer clients and how do those translate to other facets of the outdoor industry, like biking and trail running and things like that? Yeah. Well, it's not something we just see throughout the summer, um, like insole business that stems beyond the realm of Alpine boots. I would say like every week we get in uh, cross-country skiers that are like looking for solutions for their boot problems. Um, in the summer, it's super relevant for bike shoes just because it's another rigid um, sole that you put your foot in. So any kind of support there improves like power and comfort. Um, but also seeing it in, I think we're recently doing like tennis shoes, like um, running shoes, trail running shoes. We see this and make appointments, hockey skates, rollerblades. Um, we see this like through the summer months and are I mean, it's been picking up every year since we kind of opened it up beyond Alpine Boots. Yeah, I think that's a super cool thing because, I mean, it takes a bit of investment and time to become skilled in building custom insoles. But then you realize like the broad application is so much more than just ski boots. So I think it's huge for you guys to be able to, you know, really hone in on that and then also just help people's experience in all these other sports be better because you're able to provide this really awesome product to them. Yeah. So service is so central to retailers such as yourself. And so I would love to hear a bit more about what you're doing on the Alpine side. I know, Isabel, you're kind of on the front lines of that um, as far as boot fitting and everything else goes. And so maybe just speak to that and then also how you 
maybe transition that service to the race side? I know you guys mentioned that you have a really strong racing presence. Um, so what does that look like? Yeah, um, we have definitely seen um, an increase in our service department over the past few years. Um, I think strongly mirrored by the kind of boom we're seeing in uh, ski racing as well. It just seems to be getting even more accessible for a lot of younger kids and high school teams like gave give people something to do in the winter and it's so cold here. So I think having um, like that reason to get outside has really just caused this increase um, among high school racers. So we've seen that in the sales of skis, the the boot fitting that always follows with ski racing as well. Um, and then the service that goes with those skis, but also the the all mountain skis that these people own and that their parents own and that kind of everybody seems to be getting more of as well. Um, I think it's really interesting too, that we do keep our service department open year round, uh, which is another rare thing that we see across like single season businesses. Typically Um, I would say that we also seen an increase in like summer tunes as well for a lot of racers that travel for camps year round. Um, so we'll see like random peaks in June and August uh, when all of these kids are getting ready to go to speed camp or go out to hood for the first, second, third time of the summer. You never know. Um, but we've seen that reflected in the numbers that we that come through the door year round. I'd say like one weird, weird trend with that is the amount of ski racers now that are also park skiing. Like most of them were selling secondary skis as park skis and they're like skiing park every chance they can when they're not racing, which is pretty fun and funny too. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's cool to kind of break that mold a bit and have them become more diversified athletes. Um, And so we've touched on racing now and it's again, really cool. You guys are kind of honing in on that, but also that you're a year round service shop. I know I used to be at a year round boot fitting shop and we'd sell a surprising amount of ski boots in the summer and do a surprising amount of boot work in the middle of the summer for the reasons you mentioned. Um, But then maybe kind of sort of parallel to that is the park skiing side that you guys have a pretty, I think, strong presence of in that area. And so do you want to maybe just speak a bit to that demographic? I mean, as far as what it looks like uh, to have a bunch of park skiers and sort of why that is so popular in the Long Lake area. I would say like Minnesota in general, like the park stuff, just with the rope toes, how they can just do multiple laps is really big on the snowboard side and the freestyle side of things. Um, One advantage that we have on the freestyle side of things is we have our service manager, Lucas, uh, he competed in do tour growing up and uh, worked at Christie sport a long time ago, um, with his dad. Um, and then we also have Willie Borm that was on the U S team that is working at the store now too. So we have pretty good depth as far as that goes, uh, talking about the skis and stuff that we sell. Uh, so that's brought in more people, but just having options like most shops around here haven't had options as far as multiple brands or different, uh, twin tip skis, as well as carrying like different boots that are more focused on park skiing. And we've also seen an increase in that footbed business also with park skiing kids too. Well, Jeff, I know us kind of speaking to that about a year ago, we heard from you and Lucas about the recent gear trends 
And for anyone who is interested in what those were a year ago, they can go back and listen to that episode, but maybe kind of tracking a year forward to where we are now. Is there anything you've seen that's been kind of interesting lately or um, even some sort of projections that you might have for what's to come? Um, the fun carvers are still, uh, still been a big thing. And I think we've still this year, but we've had people discovering it. I had an email the other day from somebody about that actually. Um, and then uh, on the snowboard side of things, like with all the snow this year, I think something that I kind of noticed out West is people were concentrating more on that one board quiver just because you were not consistently, well, I mean, you were consistently getting a ton of snow, but then you'd have a couple down days where you wanted to mess around in the park or on wall hits or something like that. Um, I kind of like some of the boards that I try to interlude were more all arounders than specifically park or specifically all mountain. And those were the ones I liked the best. So I think that's kind of a trend that we're seeing. Nice. I mean, where like where are we at as far as one board quivers these days? Do you think they're usually kind of compromising in one direction or another? Or do you think they do pretty good in sort of all realms and you're like pretty happy with where they're at? I think they're they do pretty good. Like that's kind of what I've always tried to do is ride one board, but I ride weird stances and stuff. <laughs> um I think it does pretty well. Uh like, we really do sell more twin tips than anything else around here. Uh, but it's nice that a lot of those boards can function differently or you could set them back if you needed to on things. So I think the vast majority at, at my, at our, at Gear West anyways is the one board quiver. Um, it is fun though when you, when I send like a powder board or something that I have on demo out west with somebody and they come back and they usually buy a powder board almost immediately after they get back after taking something specific, especially if they got really good snow. Mm -hmm. So yeah, when you have the powder, you may as well optimize that experience as much exactly. as you can. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, I know, I mean, throughout the industry, we've kind of seen, of course, the rise of like touring gear or just sort of that like one ski boot, one ski quiver where you always can have the option to go uphill. Um, where are things at with you guys these days when it comes to some of that 50-50 stuff with like hike mode or walk mode compatibility, um, you know, bindings that such as the Shift and Duke PT that allow for both? I mean, are people utilizing those to go uphill in your area or are they purchasing stuff like that to head out west or where, where are we at with that when it comes to your demographics? Yeah, um, recently... I think it's changed a little bit for us in the past. It's definitely been people buying these, you know, like 50-50 boots and shifts or Duke PTs for the like maybe that chance that they would have to go uphill, not the plans that they have to actually use them. Um, but actually something really exciting this past season, we uh, Buck Hill, a local resort about 30 minutes from Gear West, uh, opened up their hill to uphill every Friday morning. Um, so before the sun rises, uh, they allow people to skin up and get a few laps in either before work or just before their day. Um, and I think we've definitely seen like a mirror to that in people coming in and, you know, buying skins for the skis that they purchased a few years ago 
or just actually buying a new pair of skis that they want to use. Um, I know it's just Buck Hill. It's like 300 vertical feet, but um, it's something that gets you out there and it's so fun. It's so enjoyable. Yeah, that's really cool. And I think uh, a good model for those smaller mountains. I mean, basically, if you open it up, people will probably do it. And it's a great form of exercise and just a great way to get out before the workday and whatever else. And so um, it's, you know, it's cool that you were kind of prepared for that and then able to equip people for that new uh, experience. Yeah, it's exciting. And uh, when it comes to the, just sort of those like short laps up Buck Hill, I mean, are people just sort of using the skis they have? Or are they like going for like a lighter touring setup where they can just kind of like make some quick laps? Like what are you what are you seeing as far as what they want for that? I think it depends on the skier. We see a ton of guys out there with their like telly setups from 20 years ago that they pulled out of the garage. <laughs> um, but we do, we also see those guys who used their 50 50 setup the first time and they're like, I got tired or I just want to get into it deeper. So it's kind of like a, an entry point into some lighter gear or touring specific setups for a lot of people too. Um, they're realizing that, hey, you know, this would be great if I did it once, but now that I am more interested, like really delving into like true touring gear too, is something we've also seen there. Nice. That's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you guys have that. And it's always nice to have the option to get some exercise before work. Well, I know we talked a bit about staff as far as like being able to kind of keep staff on year round and maybe how some of the staff is trained um, to stay around throughout the year. But let's just kind of break into the staffing topic a bit more. So what does it look like to staff a large multi-sport shop and have those people be experts in what they're doing? And what does that sort of like training look like? And how are you kind of building staff so that they're both trained experts but also able to stick around for a long time it's a nightmare but that's but we, your favorite part of the job jeff <laughs> yes no no uh it's just trying to find the right people it is hard like we're not in a ski town where there's mass amounts of people like us um which does make it more difficult and having passion and not wanting to move away from here is another hard thing um I feel like we've gotten better as far as offering uh, a good paying, fun environment. Um, but there are stresses. You do end up working a lot during the ski season. So those are the things that hold it back. Keeping people, I think we've gotten lucky. Like we we're, we're got lucky when Isabel started working for sure. Um, and same with Lucas, like, and those were just random. Like Lucas just walked in the door one day to check out our store. So, yeah. uh, so there's lucky things like that. Um, I honestly, like, I, I think a lot of it falls a lot on luck. And the fact that we've been lucky enough to have hired these high school kids that have been really good too for our part timers and have them for three or four years. You know, we have two more leaving this year and that's hard Aww. too. <laughs> I know. But yeah, you gave them some probably invaluable experience that they'll probably use as yep. they, you know, wherever they go. So that's pretty cool. Yep. Um, and I mean, I think luck is part of it, but I'm sure it's also like the 
you know, environment, the workplace environment that you're fostering as well. So, you know, being able to have a place that's fun and just having the opportunity to work at a really awesome ski shop in Long Lake, you know, I think that's probably pretty special for people who want to stay close to the ski industry, but maybe they aren't able to go out West or they want to be, you know, close to home or whatever it is. And so I think it's, it's probably a bit of what you're building there as well, that you're able to keep some great staff around. And what does it look like as far as, I mean, training, um, you know, like Isabel, you're a young boot fitter. That's not an easy world to come up in. I know that's exactly the path that I traveled as well from the age of 18. And um, so what does it look like to kind of get trained up in some of these really specialty services that take a lot of time and that are pretty, uh, you know, they're not easy to break into as far as like being someone new to that world? Yeah, it's not easy. Um, I would say that it helps a ton having people who have been in the industry forever, who are just so open and excited to share their passions and teach you um, stuff like that. So having these older bootfitters work as kind of mentors for me has been probably step one, just them opening the door. Um, but our bootfitters are also trained by MasterFit. Um, so I did attend MasterFit University, um, which was eye-opening to see just how deep you can really delve into the art of boot fitting. Um, but then coming back and really being able to have a shop that specializes in boot fitting and really just take those skills from the class to um, just having those guys be able to teach me and the ability to not experiment, but not be afraid to mess up. Um, and them just showing me that it's okay that you learn from your mistakes sometimes. Yeah, that's super cool. And it does just take time and mistakes and a lot of learning. And, you know, I think the first time I went to MasterFit too was definitely eye opening and you just kind of realize all that's out there. But then also having those mentors who have been doing it for a long time and are willing to show you the ropes, I think is really important. And I hope something that like more shops continue to build because, um, you know, a lot of bootfitters are getting old. So how are we growing that next generation of bootfitters? Um, Jeff, I mean, what more do you want to speak to as far as bringing new people on and maybe what some of that trajectory looks like as far as getting them trained up and uh, giving them the opportunity? I mean, I'd say like the hardest thing is just uh, just uh, working the service counter is one, is definitely a harder thing for some of those newer people. Um, filling out the paperwork correctly, um, getting everything tagged correctly, getting it in the back in the correct spot. Um, those are some of the harder training things. I think our POS system is an easy training thing. Um, I'm old, so like most of the younger kids can figure it out right away. And it's like, it's like geared for them, I think, uh, which is great. Uh, and training on product, that's, that's something like talking to any of us that have been around for a while or us doing the buying. Um, and those boot fitters, are really good at that stuff too, especially on the ski side of things too. Um, just knowing more about the history of how that ski was, why that ski was made for Nordica or whoever it was. Um, that's been really helpful. I think, uh, we just have a really good base of knowledge with a lot of industry experience. 
Um, and people that are willing to talk about it and actually help, you know, our newer employees with learn those kind of things and learn, learn those skills. Very lucky in that regard, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I mean, and you guys, it sounds like you're just doing a lot. You offer a lot, like just on the winter side alone, you know, you are talking about offering services and products for racers and park skiers. And then you have your huge Nordic side and the snowboarding side. And so, you know, all of that does require a whole lot of sort of staff knowledge and just the willingness to kind of pass that information on. Um, How big is the winter staff? I'm just curious. So like 15 and probably five, five to six full times and then another 10 ish part timers. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. And uh, I mean, do you like, is the staff encouraged to like go out on products or how does it work as far as like staff actually getting to test some gear? We do a couple demo days uh, down, usually at, they have it at Welch Village. So there is some of the main brands that they can all go out and ski on. And we try to invite people from the bike shop, um, from the Nordic shop too, if they want to go down to do, do that too. I f- figure anybody that can talk about it a little bit more is better. Um, especially when people are first meeting them. Uh, and for staff, like we usually do um, a trip out West for it's been Lucas and Isabel and I um, kind of leading it where we go and test everything. And then we can get a better idea of what products bring in. We've also brought in because of that brought in some demo stuff that they're not going to be at these places. And then our staff can take out demo skis or demo boards whenever they want to. That's awesome. Well, next year, you guys are definitely going to have to come to the Blister Summit. I know. (laughs) (laughs) We missed you this year. I want to so bad. (laughs) Yeah. We're like so trying to work on it and it just could not work out. All right. Well, this upcoming year, it's going to be good. We'll have a bunch of snowboard brands too. So, Isabel, it was great to meet you and chat with you. And Jeff, great to have you back on. And, uh, you know, it's really, we always appreciate hearing the perspective of retailers because you guys are such a huge and important part of the industry and you're hearing sort of a different perspective a lot of the times when it comes to talking with your customers and talking with customers of such different backgrounds and different needs. So thank you for all that you guys are doing. And we really appreciate the work of Gear West as our Blister recommended shop. So thanks for being here. And uh, I hope to talk to you guys again real soon. All right, everyone. Well, that concludes this week's edition of Gear 30. And that brings us to what we're celebrating. And so while I am still loving skiing and winter and all the snow that keeps coming, I also got to start some of my vegetable seeds for the upcoming growing season a couple of days ago, which reminded me that pretty soon the snow will melt and we will be enjoying green landscapes, a whole lot less mud, Rides on the bike and long days once again, which also sounds pretty nice. I think I'm looking forward to that, even though ski season is still pretty fun. I want to thank Jeff and Isabel for talking with me and Gear West for being an important retailer in their region. We always love to hear from retailers and our blister recommended shops as they are such an important part of this entire ski industry ecosystem. So thanks for all that you do. Thanks, of course, to Justin Bob for producing this episode, and thanks to all of you as well for tuning in. We'll talk to you again real soon on all of our other podcasts. All right. Thanks, everybody. Cheers.